Welcome to the Amplify You podcast with your host, me, moi, Danielle, where I interview entrepreneurs from all different types of businesses and share their story and amplify them. I am so excited to share each and every one of them with you. And maybe you're going through an entrepreneurial journey and you might see yourself within them and that might help help elevate you. So I'm stoked. I hope you are. So stay tuned. This is going to be an incredible ride. Welcome, welcome back. I am so excited that you guys are here. And today I have an incredible woman with me. Her name is Rachel and her story is truly, truly inspiring. Um, I always try to bring people that you're going to get some, you know, tactical advice from an inspirational story, maybe, you know, something that you want to do in your life and maybe you're stuck, but Rachel, I'm going to give you the mic and kind of do a little intro for those that don't know you. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me, Danielle. I am Rachel Luna. As you said, I am the host of the Permission to Offend podcast, as well as the author Mm -hmm. of the book, Permission to Offend, The Compassionate Guide for Living Unfiltered and Unafraid. I am a former U.S. Marine certified master neuroscience coach, and my mission is to help set people free. I love that. I love that. And I kind of want to dive into kind of how it all started. Right. Um, you you didn't just wake up one day and become this author, this public speaker, this like phenomenon that you're just growing into. Right. Mm-hmm. So kind of start from the beginning. Like what made you even want to start public speaking and want to become an author? Yeah. Well, I think it's important to recognize that I was always her. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, Period. Your dreams, like they're in you. It, it's already you. There was just the development, okay? So what led me to begin developing this chapter of my life, this journey, was a couple of things. You know, I think sometimes people are looking for the one thing or that that big break moment, and that has not been my story. My journey has been like a nugget here, a lesson there, a failure here. And I have to let you know upfront, failure was a huge part of my success. Um, If anything, I've had way more failure than I've had success. And people don't take that into consideration. I had someone message me today. She's like, oh my gosh, you are everywhere. Everyone, all these people that are talking about you and promoting your book. It's like, you're this, you're that. And you're just so successful. And in my mind, I'm like, you have no idea how many (laughs) failures we've experienced in just the last couple of weeks, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's really important for our listeners. Like failure is part of the journey. If you want to be successful, get very comfortable with failure, with setbacks, with rejections. 11 publishers rejected my proposal for permission to offend. But guess who said yes? The second largest publisher in the nation said yes. So, you know, it is what it is. So um, the first kind of seed was in 2002, I want to say. Is that right? Somewhere around that time, early 2000s, I was watching a TV show called Starting Over. Mm -hmm. And on that show, they would bring a, a couple of women to live together who wanted to make this new change in their life. And they had these women come in called life coaches. And I was like, oh, that is so cool because on the show, they just talked and then the women came, the life, the life coaches came up with a plan 
and then help them execute. I was like, I love that. It's like right. your built-in cheerleader. And that that is who I have always been. That is who I am. If you look in my yearbook, um, shout out to anybody that went to Lancaster Mennonite. I graduated from Lancaster Mennonite, but my first three years, I went to St. Vincent Ferrer High School for girls. So shout out to them too. But um, Lancaster Mennonite, they had everyone in the graduating class write down adjectives to describe each student. And then they put it into the system. And, you know, the most frequent mm-hmm. mine were obvious love for God and encourager. And that oh, is that. true to this day. If you know me, you know, I love the Lord. And if you know me, you know that I'm going to be an encourager. I'm going to give you that word. I'm going to give you that inspiration. So for me, this made perfect sense. However, I was like barely 20 something fresh, fresh out of college. I think I might've even, might maybe been my senior year of college. Like, Who was going to hire me to be a life coach? Nobody. So I continue on with my career in the Marine Corps. Fast forward a couple of years, I was working at the Launch Tool Regional Medical Center in Germany. And at this time, we were just coming off of the Iraq war. When now we were in Afghanistan, excuse me, and I was working at a hospital. And my patients were coming in, Danielle, just, oh my gosh, mm. I can still remember some of my patients and one patient's entire face was burnt off. Mm. Um, another another patient, I'll, I will never forget him for sure, <clears throat> Lance Corporal Blyle, because his mouth was wired shut. He had broken just about every single bone in his body. He had missing limbs, his fingers. Like he could not communicate. And somehow... I remember spending countless hours with this kid in the ICU. Somehow we figured out how to have conversations. Mm -hmm. And that was very, very impactful to me. I cannot quite explain why it was or what it did, but, but he, and there was another patient and I I won't say that patient's name just because, you know, privacy Mm -hmm. stuff, but this other patient had lost both of his limbs, a piece of his genital he was just in horrible shape. His outlook on life was so good. He was just so grateful to be alive. And for me, it was like that, that love for life, that passion, that level of just gratitude. Not only do I want that, but I want to activate that in other people. I want to make sure that when people start to feel the monotony of the day-to-day, the nine-to-five, because I had left the nine-to-five to go back on active duty. I forgot that little piece. <clears throat> and I had been incredibly frustrated in nine-to-five. Mm-hmm. So seeing this kid and oh, oh, not just him, but all of them, I I knew like I've got to do something else. I love the Marine Corps. It was the, one of the best opportunities, best jobs I've ever had in my life but there was something else. And I think that a lot of us feel that way. There's like something else in, and we cannot exactly put words to it because we don't even know what it is yet, right? You have to remember, I now understood about life coaching, but I 
there were no, okay, maybe Tony Robbins, but I didn't know who the hell Tony Robbins was. He wasn't in my area of responsibility, if you will. So I didn't even know what my life could possibly look like. I knew I wanted to write books because I was always a writer. Excuse me. My dog is Layla. (laughs) Talking to my friends here. So sorry. (laughs) This is real life. This is real life. Okay. So um, I knew that I wanted to write books. I'd always been a writer growing up, but I thought I was going to write chiclet. Do you know what chiclet is, Danielle? Well, I, I, I know like not the gum, not the gum. Okay. What's not the, the gum? What's the so it's chick literature. Okay. Like girl, like girl, like, like girly, yeah. but, but that the genre is called chick lit. I love that. Yeah. And it's like, um, like how to lose a guy in 10 days. Right. Right. That wrote rom-com type yep. book. Mm-hmm. And so I began taking classes to write this book. I remember my main character's name was Ava Marquez. Yes. Um, it was so cute. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was a cute story. I actually, I still have it. It's in my garage in a binder. So wait, okay, let's just talk about that. Because I think yeah. this is like, I've never told this story before. Oh, no, this is I like an exclusive. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Heard it here first, guys. Heard yes, it here you first. heard it here first. Okay. <laughs> so I take this class and the, the teacher was phenomenal. One of the things that they tell you when you want to write fiction is to develop the character. Before mm. you even start writing the story, develop the character, have an idea who they are, physical features, characteristics. And my teacher was great in that she recommended that we find a picture of of a visual representation so that we could actually like develop relationships with these characters that we were constructing. Mm -hmm. So I was a plus student. I printed everything out. I put it in my binder, page protectors, the whole nine yards. There's like six chapters literally written in my garage. And I, I fast forward somewhere in there. I end up falling in love with my husband Mm -hmm we end up having a kid. So dreams get kind of sidetracked for a minute. I'm still in the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps are now pissed off at me for getting pregnant because, well, because the, another person in my unit, another woman had gotten pregnant. And when she got pregnant, they put her on bed rest. And here's the thing about the Marine Corps. Let's say you and I work in the same office. Mm-hmm. You go on bed rest. Our unit only has so much money. They're already paying you. And even though you're not there, they're still paying you. So now we don't have the budget to bring mm-hmm. in a replacement for you. So we're already down one. So then I get you. pregnant. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. they were like, you're going to be on bed rest too. Like they were pissed. And I remember saying to them, I am going to work until I give birth. Mm-hmm. I might give birth in this office. I will not abandoned ship. I am not her. And this was something that, you know, I didn't realize it then, but that was a preparatory moment. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had known then what I know now, because that moment was preparing me for the fact that people are going to tell you that you can't do something or that you are a certain way or that you're this and you're that. And if we start to believe those lies, it can completely change the trajectory of our life. 
In this particular case, I was like, no, I'm not. I am working. And you do, don't you know, Danielle, I worked until the day that I gave birth. I love it. I went to work that day, had a doctor's appointment. They were going to, they were actually going to induce me the next day. So I went back to the office. I was like, I won't be here tomorrow. They're going to induce me in the morning. But here's the report for today. Here's this here. Like I left everything ready for them. Mm -hmm. Resilience. Mm -hmm. And that night I went into natural labor and my baby came. So there was that. All right. So I have this baby. I decide to get out of the Marine Corps um, for a lot of some political reasons with duty stations and assignments, whatever. And I, um, I'm just trying to think of the timeline. I just kept studying. I decided I'm going to get certified to be a life coach. So now I'm studying to be a life coach. I'm kind of part-time writing this book, but I'm, it's more, it's every day that I learn more about life coaching, the more and more that chiclet ideas is getting stuck on the back. Um, fast forward a couple of years, two years to be exact. We moved to Okinawa, Japan. My husband was also in the Marine Corps at the time. Mm -hmm. We move. I am now for the first time in my life, no job. Because even when I got out of the Marine Corps, I still had, I worked as a civilian for the army. Mm -hmm. First time in my life, I have no job. I am completely dependent on someone else as an adult, right? Completely dependent on my husband. And I have two children, a two-year-old and a three-month-old. And I do not know what to do with myself. The identity crisis that came in was insane. Not only did I have an identity crisis, but I was battling with two consecutive bouts of postpartum depression. Wow. So by the time I got pregnant with my second daughter, I already had postpartum. Mm-hmm. And I was just coming out of it. I was just starting to get excited. And then boom, I have another baby. I have postpartum. It took me seven years, seven years to fully heal and to form those attachment bonds that most people that do not mm-hmm. get postpartum depression. You know, I've heard the stories of women that like they hold their baby for the first time and they're like, my heart is exploding and I never knew a love like this. And I'm just so overwhelmed. No, I did not have that. Mm-hmm. What I felt was, wow, you're here. Are you sure you're mine? Because you don't look like me. But in Germany, true story, but in Germany, they have, that's where I did, gave birth to both of my daughters. They, it's very prim, not primitive because they're sophisticated, but it's very natural mm-hmm. in that you reach down and you grab your baby as your baby's coming out, which is mm-hmm. a very cool, yep. that alone should have had me having a moment of like, I grabbed my baby out of my vajayjay, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And so, but I looked at her and I examined her and I looked at her hands and her fingers and like, she didn't even look like me. Mm. And then I put her on my chest and I looked at my, my friend, Rhiannon, who was with me. My husband had to go back to a meeting with the general and you know, the Marine Corps mission first. Yes. And mm-hmm. I, as a former Marine, as a Marine, I understood that. I was like, you got to go. Don't be late for the general. Right. I'll be fine. <laughs> Come back after. And so my friend Rhiannon was with, with me and I looked at her and I said, I'm never doing that again. 
because mm-hmm. it was it was so traumatic, the whole everything. And I was scared. I felt an immense sense of responsibility. Like I, I loved her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was not in love. And when I had my second daughter, that one was much easier. So when, and when, when girl, I was in labor for less than 45 minutes and I was in labor at home. But with your, sec- I, with your second one, with my second one, they, I was what, in, yeah, usually like, that's what they usually say, right? Your second is a little bit easier than your first. Ale- listen, it was true for me. I can't <laughs> speak for everybody, but it was true for me. She came out in like five little pushes so fast. So that part was awesome. Mm -hmm. And I look at this baby too. And the same thing. This one doesn't look like me either. Like, so I'm sharing these, the pieces of this story. I know like uh, people who are entrepreneurial, like, wait a minute, but what does this have to do with business? But I'm going to get there because Mm -hmm. why I'm sharing this with you is because all of that played into my identity. Mm-hmm. The loss of my identity. So when I was in the Marine Corps, I was a staff sergeant. I had Marines underneath me. I had responsibility. I was quote unquote important, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I wasn't, but I felt the rank made me feel important. Right. Okay. That's gone. Now I'm a wife. And my husband is very, very traditional. I mean, listen, this is 14, 15 years ago. Things have shifted. Mm-hmm. But, but in that moment, very, very traditional Mexican. I'm Puerto Rican from New York, raised by a single mom. So I have zero example of what a traditional wife role should look like. Right. So I'm failing in that area. So I'm a failure as a wife. Mm-hmm. I have no job. I am a failure as a mom because I cannot connect to these kids. I have no identity. Somehow in the midst of all that, I still had this knowing, this feeling like I'm supposed to be doing something with my life. Like this can't be it. Changing diapers and wiping butts and cooking for this man that does not appreciate how hard I am working to keep this house clean and I don't even like cleaning. (laughs) I mean, when he met me, I had a housekeeper. Mm -hmm. And now we don't Mm -hmm. have a housekeeper. Listen, that was one of, as soon as I was making just even a little extra money, that was the first thing I did. I hired in Okinawa. Well, in Okinawa, they're called mama-sans. Okay. I hired me a mama-san immediately, if not sooner. And I listened to that still quiet voice Mm -hmm. that so many of us have, in particular entrepreneurs. It's the podcast you want to launch. It's the book you want to write, the retreat you want to host, the conference that you want to produce. It's that. Mm -hmm. And I had that. So there was, now remember, I still want to write books. Yep. That that vision is not going away. So I by this point I, I have graduated. I have my life coaching certification. I'm begging people to please hire me. And nobody's hiring me. I'm coaching for free. It's like it's I'm in the grind and the hustle. And there was two things happen v- v- like in an overlapping time. 
I find this one woman who is like an author, teaches other people how to be authors, and I pay her $500 for one hour. Danielle, I didn't have no money like that to be paying $500 for a one hour coaching call. No. Excuse me. Now, remember, I'm completely dependent on my husband. But at this point, I have already told him, listen, Mm -hmm. I don't like asking you for money. Because we, we've we never had joint bank accounts. Mm-hmm. He always had his and I always had mine. And when I got out of the Marine Corps, there was a, a certain amount of time where I had money, but then my money was starting to run out. So now I said, I don't like having to ask you for money. Here's what I need. I need that when you get paid on the 1st and the 15th, I get paid. So get an allotment going. This is how much I spent on groceries. I need money for my nails and my hair and lunch out with friends and groceries. That's what I need. If you want me to be home taking care of these kids, you need to give me these things. And bless his little heart. He did. He did it. He, of course mm-hmm. he did. My husband's mm-hmm. awesome. He did. Mm-hmm. I think, but that, I think that's a tip though here is that you need that supportive person to, um, be on this journey with you, right? Because he's oh, I'm, don't no 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 don't no oh, don't okay, don't okay. give him too much credit. Don't okay. do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't give him too much credit. So he was supportive in that my husband is a provider. Mm-hmm. Like yep. that gives him pleasure. I didn't realize it then, right? I went and the the lesson is number one: ask for what you want and need, and number two: understand who is in your life. And what gives them a sense of value, a sense of worth, a sense of being needed? Because mm-hmm. everyone wants to feel needed, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it then. Back then, I'm like, I'm an independent woman and you're, you know, hampering my independence. You want yep. me to ask you for my, yeah. Listen, if I could go back to that girl, I'd be like, hey, shut your mouth, mm-hmm. take your money, clean this house, girl. Until you start making your own money to pay for the mama son. Say to this man everything that you need and just remind him everything that you've given up for perspective. Let that, let that breathe for a second, because I think that's important for everybody to understand. Like, yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. That's what we had to do. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now I am stacking some of my cash from my allowance, right? It wasn't an allowance, <laughs> but yeah. So I'm stacking my cash. I pay the $500 to this woman. And I think that I'm going to walk away with like the answer Mm -hmm. to all my business problems because I've just paid $500 for an hour. Mm -hmm. You know what she told me, Danielle? She said, oh, you should follow so-and-so and and do exactly what she does because she's going places. But I just paid you $500 to tell me that. Yes, but... Okay. That ended up being great advice. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Flat twist. Mm. So let's break that part down. Yeah. You see, sometimes we make investments into something and we don't get the result that we were expecting. And we automatically decide that didn't work. And you throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. And I want to just remind you that everything that you've invested in can give you some return if you're willing to look for the return. Okay. So think about the $2,000 online business course that you 
purchased, but you didn't show up to because you couldn't make the calls or the upper limit syndrome came to you, whatever. But they gave you lifetime access. And in that $2,000 course, there's one worksheet that is going to help you write the perfect post. There's that one five-minute module that you are disregarding, but it's actually really encouraging. And that's the thing that you'll listen to every morning to get you on your way. Mm -hmm. So you have resources available to you. Are you accessing them? When this woman said to me, follow so-and-so, honestly, Danielle, I was like, hell no. Hell no, I didn't just... But I said, well, that's all she told me to do. So let me do that, you know? And so I did. I followed this woman. I took the woman's course. It was very good. I won't tell you the name of the course right now because it's been a very long time Mm -hmm. and I'm not comfortable endorsing things that I haven't like really had my hands in because people change. 100%. 100%. People yeah. change. People have ideologies change, methodologies. So, but I will say for me personally, that was a blessing and I was grateful. Um, I didn't have the money for that program, by the way. I should say that. Okay. I had a credit card limit with, I think, oh yeah, I had a credit card limit with $1,500 and the course was $2,000. Okay. So I knew I did the payment plan and I knew Mm -hmm. that I had enough money to cover the first three payments, but I did not know how it's going to cover that fourth payment. For me, having my back against the wall has always been good. Now, it's awful for your nervous system Mm -hmm. and I don't recommend it. Um, I what I recommend is that you you realize what gets you going. So I create a lot of false deadlines for myself and I bake in a lot of opportunities for me to have skin in the game. So sometimes I will tell one of like, I'll tell my best friend, if I don't do this, I have to pay you X amount of money. And it's usually an amount of money that I do not want to give up. Right. Right. So there's that, that skin in the game anyway. So, so I was like, I better figure this out. And I did, I made six grand in the first month. I mean, let's 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 talk about this for a second in regards to investing in yourself and like mm. the fact that you didn't have the money, but then you you started to make money because you started doing the thing to get the things. Yes. Right? Yeah. So like there are a lot of people that out there that are afraid to invest in them, invest in themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And they, because of the because of exactly what you're sharing, they don't have the income. Yeah. So what can you say to them in regards to like, get out of that, like your damn way with that whole mindset and just do it? Like what you, kind of steps? I, I think that the just do it, um, that can, that's hard. All right. Yeah, just doing it is hard. Yeah. So I would say like, know yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, if you, if you peruse my book, Permission to Offend, Um, knowing yourself is so important. And I walk you through a lot of that in this book, but here's the thing. If you know that you are not the type of person to take action, then first Mm -hmm. figure out why is it that I'm not taking action? Am I afraid 
Do I have a time management issue? Do I have an energy management issue? Like what's really stopping me from doing the thing? So in the beginning, I had beginner's ignorance bliss. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I didn't, I was very idealistic and I was just like, it's going to be great. It's going to work out. I didn't have disappointment under my belt yet. Right. So it was easier for me personally in the beginning to do the scary thing because it didn't feel scary. I was doing what they told me to do. So I thought, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. And it'll following. just work out. I was just following the model. Mm-hmm. But, but then I started experiencing failure and setback. And my first client fired me. I don't know if I told you that, but my very first client fired me. Um, I, show, I only charged her $15 a month mm-hmm. and I helped her get a raise. And she said to me, I can't afford you at $15 a month for four hour long calls a month. This is insanity. Okay. Why was I charging someone $15 a month for four calls? That, that's like, that's not your, that's less than what your, your work. <laughs> well, I'm priceless. So nobody that's can what I'm saying. That's what I'm me, saying. Right. But, but, but that's less than the value of the transformation. Mm-hmm. And that's what yep. we're supposed to be selling the selling pricing at. Yep. So once I started to have failure under my belt, it got a little harder to take action. Mm-hmm. It got a little harder to show up, especially because now I was in this peer group. And so I made $6,000 in that first month, but then the well ran dry. Because mm-hmm. remember, and when you're first starting, yes, you have maybe 50 people. But then you tap that 50 people. And if you're not growing and evolving, and if you don't have another offer, if you don't have a way to, to change up the, the experience in a way that makes it craveable, they're out. Mm-hmm. So my people were out and done with good, good reviews and everything, but just they were done. And I started to freak out. I started to feel like I just wasn't good enough. Um, I was watching all my peers. They're getting, I remember this was back in the day where there was no Instagram yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and, or, or it was just, nobody was using it for business. They were using it for what it was originally designed to do, which was to be a photo sharing app. Correct. Yep. Okay. Um, and I remember Facebook likes and followers was the Mm -hmm. thing, right? Like getting like my page, like my page. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of my colleagues went from zero to like 10,000 likes in just a couple of months. And I thought, what is wrong with me? Why is she getting that? Do you want to know what the secret was? She was super duper niched Mm -hmm. and it was a brand outside of herself. So I'm just going to make something up because I don't want to like, again... But let's just say like her thing was like water for lunch, Mm -hmm. right? Well, that's it. Yes, I want to drink water for lunch. So now we can create a community around that. Mm -hmm. Now, interestingly, when she went on to then do her own thing under her own name, she didn't have that level of growth. People were not following her. They were following the idea. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I was, so fast forward years, okay? So I'm just failing forward. I'm, I'm slowly raising my prices. I'm messing up more than I'm doing right, but I'm just still like the little engine that could go. My friend Kara says to me, 
you should change your name. Now Instagram is a thing. And yeah. I'm, she says, you got to come to Instagram. And I'm like, Ugh, another platform. Like, right. no, I'm just learning this Pinterest thing. Like uh, power of pinning or whatever the hell, you know, <laughs> yeah. like uh, trying all the things. And she's like, no, Instagram is going to be good for you. So I get there and whatever, let's just say my handle was Rachel Luna or I don't know. I don't know what it was. And she says to me, people are not going to want to follow. They're not even going to search for that. Mm. You should make it like a brand, a brand name. And she's like, like my brand name. And I was like, oh, okay. At that time, I'm writing another book or I'm thinking about a book called Girl Confident. Mm -hmm. Um, I totally forgot a whole other piece about a different book, but that's for a different day. There was a book before that one, okay? Um, That book was called Successful People Are Full of Crap, Courage, Mm -hmm. Resilience, Authenticity, and Perseverance. Okay, I did publish that book myself. That was awesome. That became an Amazon bestseller, and that was cool. Keep it moving. Forgot the book. My friend Kara says, you should name your page Girl Confident. That's how Girl Confident was born because people were not following Rachel Luna. People did not care about Rachel Luna. They cared about the idea mm-hmm. behind Girl Confident. And so that taught me a very important lesson. Anything that I sell, I'm never selling myself. Rachel Luna is not for sale, but Faith Activated is. That's my journaling and group coaching experience. Rachel Luna is not for sale, but permission to offend is the compassionate guide for living unfiltered and unafraid. So that was a very, very important lesson for me that if I'm going to sell anything, I'm selling ideas and transformations. And the, the pricing is never my worth. I'm never charging for my worth. Mm-hmm. I'm charging for the value of the transformation because I and you and everyone listening to us we are priceless. No one could ever afford us. Mm. I, I, I love that. And I think that, I think back in the day too, with Instagram, I think that I, I never thought of that. Like what you just, what you just shared in regards to like, yes, of course you hear the niching down factor or whatever, mm-hmm. but really people are following not just you, but what you're standing for, your mm-hmm. brand, what you're putting out there. And that's how you build community. Mm-hmm. And you've built this tremendous community around all this girl confident. And so I guess my next question for you is, I mean, obviously permission to offend is out. Yes. My baby. I'm so excited. I mean, can you do like a little brief, like a, uh, like bio of what it's going to like, if there is somebody goes yeah. wants to grab it, like, what is it about? Like, yeah. what, is it, what is what are they going to get from it? Oh my gosh, a life transformation. Mm -hmm. And I do not say that lightly because one thing about me, Danielle, is I don't like corny things. Um, You know, it's a New Yorker in me. And I get mad whenever people are like, it's revolutionary. I I think to myself, but is it really? Because, you know, revolutionary is like massive. It's new. No one's ever done it. So I'm going to tell you right now, this book is not revolutionary but it is life transforming. Mm. Now you might ask, Rachel, how is it that you can say that with such a straight face? It's very simple. First of all, I read, I wrote 
read and did every single activity that I have in this book multiple times while I was writing it. And whenever you write a book, if you actually write a book that has substance, you will grow, you will transform. The the transformations that I've made, I was talking to my daughter about this just yesterday, my 14-year-old, and she was being a 14-year-old. And I said, I really hope you'll read my book Hmm. because I wrote it for you. And if you read it, you would be feeling better about the situation that is plaguing you right now. And she looked at me and she goes, will I? I said, yeah, you will. I said, and if you don't want to read it, I'll get you the audible copy and you can listen to it. And she goes, you have to buy your own audible? I said, yes, honey. Yes, I do, actually. <laughs> oh, my God, I love that. <laughs> I mean, I I have, they send me a bunch of the hard copies, mm-hmm. but no, I, and for the yeah. record, I bought a couple of my own copies too, because get those bookstore sales in. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you're near a Barnes and Noble or an indie bookstore, please walk in the store and get it. If they don't have it, please order it. And I'm talking to those of you that are aspiring authors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do for uh, the current authors that have books out what you will want and need other people to do for you. Start putting that deposit in right now. Do you know that for the last 12 years, I have done that anytime anyone I know has had a book, I take my butt. First, I do two things. One, I buy a copy on Amazon for, for the ranking. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I go to Barnes and Noble and I buy a copy from Barnes and Noble or the indie bookstore. And the other thing that I do is I move the books from wherever they are and I put them at the top, front and center. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I want to support people the way that I want to be supported. Mm -hmm. So for the last decade, I have done that. Whenever anyone I know has had a book, whether they ask me to or not, I have talked about the book. I have shared it on social media. I have emailed about it. Once live stream came, I was doing live streams with people. Once text messaging came, I was text messaging my email or my text group, mm-hmm. telling them to buy other people's books. And that's why now I have people that a girlfriend of mine just bought a hundred copies of my book last week. Unbelievable. Another girl just posted. If you look on my Instagram at girl confident, um, I think she bought 10, 15 copies. Like people will do that for you because you're showing up for them. Okay. That was like a little note on, on book marketing. (laughs) No, I no, I love that too. And I think that it's, it, and it's also a note on supporting one another, right? Yeah. Because I, and especially for women, I don't think, you know, there's, I don't think that we like have enough of that when it comes to women supporting women in, in business, right? Yeah. It's because um, of the scarcity mentality. And that's why, so to you asked your question was like, tell me about what's in the yes. book. Yes. Um, so that, that scarcity mentality, the story mm-hmm. that if I promote you and your book is out and my book is out, then you're going to buy her book and you won't buy my book. That's BS. Mm -hmm. People Mm -hmm. that buy books, buy books. So will they buy it at the exact same date? Probably not, depending on their budget situation. Mm -hmm. But if they have the budget, listen, I am notorious for going into Barnes & Noble for one book 
and leaving with three or four. Readers read. Okay. Readers read, but it's that scarcity, that story. So in chapter one, the very first thing we do is work on activating your truth and separating the fact from the stories. So with my daughter, right? And I said to her, I said, honey, you would do so much better if you would just read this book um, because it will change your life. I said, let me ask you this, honey. Has mama changed in the last two or three years, which it took, you know, two years to write the Mm -hmm. book? She goes, yeah. I said, okay, tell me how. She goes, well, you don't yell anymore and you listen more, Mm -hmm. right? Well, what I teach in this book is seek to understand instead of fighting to be understood. Mm. Okay. So if, if, if I am fighting to be right and it's like, no, Danielle, understand my position. This is why this is, it's this way, right? Mm -hmm. Now there's walls up left and right. But if I say, oh, you know what, Danielle? Tell me what's going on. Tell me more. Tell me what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Why do you think that way? Why do you feel that way? Where did that belief come from? If I'm genuinely curious about you and then you are genuinely curious about me, now we have dialogue and conversation, not confrontation. Mm -hmm. That's what this book teaches you. We cover in chapter two identity. Remember I told you that for me, When my identity was, when I gave my identity away, it was stripped from me when I turned in my uniform. Mm -hmm. I, it was, I gave it up when I stopped working. (sighs) I feel so passionate about this. When you go to a networking event, Mm -hmm. people are talking. So tell me, what do you do? Mm -hmm. What do you say? I'm a, I'm a podcaster and I also Uh have been working in the fashion industry for over 16 years and I just opened my first online boutique and I just love supporting women. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. Everything that you've just told me, which is all very lovely. Those are your roles and your responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's not you. That's what you do. That's what you've signed up for, or that's what's been appointed to you. Those things can be taken away. You can surrender those titles and roles at any moment. And then what's left? That is the identity piece, okay? And in chapter two, I go over how to get connected to your identity. It's your values plus your beliefs. Now, there's this very corny cornball moment <laughs> in chapter two. It was it was corny, and as I was when this happened, okay, this was really happened to me though, right? Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a corny moment in my life. So it was real. I had <laughs> to put it in, but let me get there. Are we good on time? Is this okay? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, yeah. cool. I want to be respectful of the audience. All right, wait, let's get there. Cause it was so corny. It's so bad. It's good. You ever have that? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So I'm giving you this story and, um, the, the section that begins on page 51, who am I? And I talk about this moment when I am dealing with breast cancer. You know, I'm a breast cancer survivor, yeah. thriver. Yeah. So I'm, I'm taking the reader through the journey in the beginning of chapter two. Who am I? 
I'm in, I've lost my hair at this point. It's a very jarring moment. Mm -hmm. And then we go into, um, page 53, um, every day at this point. So no more hair. I don't feel beautiful. I feel ugly. I don't recognize myself in the mirror. And by the way, if you're watching the video, <laughs> your girl's looking rough tonight too, but it's okay. <laughs> the mission is more important. It's a, it, right. And it's a real, real. Okay. It's, it's not, real, real. It's not, there's no filters. This is no, real. no filters whatsoever. No. No. But I love showing this part. Um, I, I have a mentor. She's like, Rachel, there's such a thing as too real. And I feel like you're you're come showing up a little too real sometimes. <laughs> Basically, what she was trying to say was brush your hair and put some makeup on. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I digress, right? So, so I every day I am saying to myself, I love you just the way you are. But it feels fake. It feels mm. phony, mad fake. Because I didn't love myself just the way I was. I wanted my hair back. I wanted to feel beautiful again. You know, I wanted my ass back my because I lost all this weight and it was just sagging. It was just hanging down to the back of my knees. Danielle, it's horrible. Okay. Listen, I still have that, but I was going to say me too. And that actually didn't bounce back yet, but I have a dream for 2023. So then I said, um, I'm going to read a little bit to you. Yeah? yeah, 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 please. Despite having a loving family, clients, students, and even strangers on the internet, who messaged me saying they loved me, I was always waiting for them to turn around and reject me. This new image of myself forced me to deal with my underlying childhood trauma and stories of rejection, things I thought I had dealt with but were obviously still lingering. It was doing the work you and I did in chapter one every single day that helped me create a new belief pattern for myself. Then one day, I meant those words. For the first time in my life, I could see who I was at my soul level. The words poured out of my mouth. I am God's masterpiece. I am loving. I am lovable. I am love. And just like that, my hair grew back. Okay, maybe not just like that, but I promise you something shifted. And as soon as I accepted myself without any additives, it seemed as though my hair grew back at warp speed. Not only that, it grew back thicker, fuller, and curly, just like I had asked God and prayed for. Interesting how once we surrender, almost everything we want becomes available to us. So I learned that my identity is rooted in love. That was the corny part, right? Like, oh, really? Your identity is rooted in love, Rachel? But it was so real. But that's real. not even, like, I didn't even see that as corny. That? No. no, that was powerful. Rachel. Oh, like, no, I, it was, it was corny to you probably. Cause you're, you know, you're the one that's writing it. This is your story to, you know, share. But to me, it, it sets a message of, uh, of power of, of finally releasing, mm-hmm. you know, cause I think that, I mean, I didn't tell you this from the beginning, but I think the reason that I wanted to connect with you was that I feel like I got to bring you on again because I like I connected with you because of the cancer piece. Right. I had a sister that passed away from cancer. Mm -hmm. And whenever I 
meet somebody, even if it's just like through social media and then, and that part of it, I feel like I need to know them. Mm. I need to get to know their story. Mm. And I know I cannot wait to get my hands on that book because there's so many books that I've read that some have become quote unquote, my Bible (laughs) because it helped me with, with my, um, with my life, (laughs) with the journey of my life. Um, but I can't wait to get, um, your book. I'm a, I'm excited for that to happen too. So sorry. I, we cut out for like no, a it's second. Okay. It's but, okay. Um, I heard you say you can't wait to get your hands on my book and yes. I'm excited for you too. I'll tell you why it felt corny for me. Hmm. Um, because as I said, oh, actually, I don't think I said this part, but everything that's in this book, th- there's nothing where the reader is the test subject, right? Hmm. Everything in here I have done it myself multiple times. And I've used these models through clients for the last decade, literally hundreds of clients over a decade. And you'll read some of their stories as well. So there's the reader is never going to be the test subject. But as I was doing this work myself, I realized that I really struggled all of my life with having an intimate relationship with myself. Mm -hmm. I just knowing me being okay and loving me, you know, in the beginning you, you were giving my husband a little too much credit (laughs) for how supportive he was in the beginning. He actually really wasn't, Mm -hmm. he was trying to be, but he wasn't. And every time I had a trip or something to do for work or like an investment, it caused a lot of fights and arguments in our home. Now we never fought. You would never hear us, mm-hmm. but it, it was like it, so tense. Oh God, it was awful in those earlier days. And even in the later days, like, you know, as you grow things, sometimes now um, I'll have a trip or something and he'll kind of get tense. And then I'll just be like, I'm going to remind you. We talked about this. Mm-hmm. This is my dream. And you told me that what you wanted me to do more than anything in this world was write books. He didn't want me to be a coach. He wanted me to just be an author. author. Right? I said, so if you want me to be an author, guess what? I have to go to all these different cities, have to go where the people are, and I have to sell the book. Because if I don't sell the book, they won't give me another deal. There won't, you know... So, but I show that to say there was this one moment where we were having, I mean, we were just having a a moment in marriage. And Mm -hmm. I think anybody that's been married can understand those moments where you're like, I don't like you. Mm -hmm. I really don't. And so we, we were struggling and we were driving in the car. And I said to him, I know that you love me, but I don't think that you like me. And he said, why do you say that? And I said, because when we go to places, you always give me these rules of like, don't say this and don't do that. And, you know, like there, I feel like you're scolding me before we go anywhere. And I just, I don't think you like me. And he said, I like you. 
I just wish you were a little less you. And that just broke me. It just felt like you're asking me to be someone that I'm not. And it was, you know what it was, Danielle? It was someone holding up a mirror to every insecurity that I've ever had and then rejecting me for being everything I was afraid was wrong with me, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And so, you know, that didn't go well for anybody, that part. And then we had another, like, we had another conversation and he said, I don't mean that. It's just that I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you keep putting yourself out there on an, and all these people see you and they all judge you and people are mean. And I don't want anyone talking bad about my baby. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not that he didn't want me to be me. Right. I, this is who, one thing about me, Danielle, is I the way you see me, the way well, you I, see me on social media, that's yep. who I am. Mm-hmm. You, you meet me in person, you're not going to get a bait and switch. This is who I am. Right. When we first went out on our first date, I lived in a hotel because of, you know, duty stations. I didn't clean. I let him come in to my room to see the mess. I love it. Because I wanted him to meet me, not my representative. Correct. His first words were, you live like this? And I said, yeah, I do. (laughs) Cleaning lady's coming tomorrow. He's like, why wouldn't you clean up? I was like, why would I? Then she won't have a job to do. I'm keeping her gamefully employed. I don't even know what you're talking about. Let's go. You ready to take me to dinner or what? Anyway, so for him, it was the fear. Uh Oh, we froze again. Lord, help us, please. I hear you. Oh, you do hear me? Okay. Sometimes it does that. This is Florida for you. Okay. So he he said, I I don't want people to judge you. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to reject you. So all of his anger, all of his, you know, passive aggressiveness was rooted in fear. He was afraid of people rejecting me, judging me, talking about me. And once I knew that, I said, don't worry about me because people can say what they're going to say. I literally, excuse me, that's what this book does. It helps answer, though it helps you get over the fear of, Judgment, rejection, and defamation. Mm-hmm. What are they going to think? What are they going to do? And who are they going to tell? We cover boundaries, the offender identity framework, increasing your offense capacity so that you can show up in your truth. And let me be very clear. Permission to offend is not about being an intentional jackass to people. It's about taking a stand for your values and your beliefs without condemning or attacking someone else's values or beliefs. It's about creating more community and conversation and less confrontation and, mm-hmm. and division. So when I had that experience with my husband, I already did not feel good enough. And so my whole life, I was running away from myself. And once I ran towards myself, everything mm-hmm. changed, right? That's when I was able to go to my husband and say, listen, I love you. And I know you love me. I don't want to get a divorce. 
but I don't want to be in this marriage. So something needs to change. So this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to change my personality, right. but I can change habits. So if there's a habit that you'd like me to work on changing, let's talk about that. Cause there's a couple of habits I'd like you to change too. So, mm-hmm. to, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want you to change who you are. You're a quiet guy. That's totally fine. You like to keep to yourself. That's totally fine. Like who you are is who you are. That's why I married. And that's important, right? So it's not that we want other people to change who they are. We want them to change their behaviors and habits. Mm-hmm. And some behaviors and habits are inherent and some can be changed. And so, okay, are you willing to, to do that? And uh, here we are, you know, 15 years-ish, I think, something like that. Who's, we've lost count. But I am free to be myself. I am free to be me day in and day out. I have so many more stories, but I think I'll no, just... I'm gonna no. I, honestly, I, I'm I'm loving all of this, and I I want you guys. This, there's gonna be a part two because I just <laughs> I'm like obsessed. I could really listen to you all day, and I think as we kind of round things out. Mm-hmm. Um, when I woke up this morning, because I usually ask this as a like a, as the last question. When I woke up this mm-hmm. morning, I found out the um, passing of. That right. was hard. It was hard. It was very hard. And I, he was actually on my show and, um, I asked him about legacy mm. and I'm so happy I did. And I want to ask you when you look at your family and all that you've built so far, mm-hmm. what is that legacy that you want to leave? I want to leave a legacy of freedom. Mm. I want um, for sure my children, Avi, but not just my children. I want um, everyone attached to me, to my work, or to people who have experienced me or my work, right? So there's like that complete ripple effect Mm -hmm. to know what it is to have freedom of self-expression freedom to be 100% who they are and who God created them to be, to experience emotional freedom, spiritual freedom, and financial freedom, to recognize that they have options and, and to recognize that, you know, financial freedom is not a dollar amount. Mm-hmm. It's a mindset. And once you understand that, you will stop chasing the millions or the you know six figure or whatever marker you've set in your mind. You'll actually recognize, oh, it's a mindset. And once I adopt that mindset, I am free. And that's mm-hmm. what I'd like to leave. And I think you're already on the way to doing that with all these books that you've written, all the all the people that are in your community and trust you, right? And I think mm-hmm. it's it's hard to find people that you can trust, especially when it comes to business and especially mm-hmm. when, you know, going back to what you were saying in regards to, you know, buying the course or buying the product, like you're living it. So I yeah. can't wait 
to see what's next for you and what's to come for you, for your family. Like I'm just blessed to be able to like, just sit down right now and chat with you. And I know my listeners are going to want to like attack you. Like They're going to want to like get to know you even more. So share all your socials. What's what you have going on your books, like so that they can, I'm going to put everything in the show notes so they can click on it. Well, don't attack me, but definitely (laughs) come and hang out. You are invited. Attacks are not required, not necessary. The book is called Permission to Offense, The Compassionate Guide for Living Unfiltered and Unafraid. Since you're already listening to a podcast, definitely check out my podcast, which is also called Permission to Offend. You can find me at rachelluna.com. And my favorite place to hang out on the internet is Instagram at girlconfident. We are also putting up my podcast on YouTube, which is youtube.com forward slash girlconfident. Subscribe. And um, there was one more thing I wanted to say. Oh, yeah. Go buy the book. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, Rachel, truly, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you. And guys, if you love this episode, please share. Tag Mm -hmm. the two of us. We'll share it on our socials. We'll show you back some love. But thank you so much. Thank you, Danielle. What a pleasure. Guys, I'm super excited to announce that I just launched an online clothing boutique called Bella Mel Boutique in honor of my sister who passed away from cancer. The clothing in there right now is incredible. The wholesalers that I'm that I'm going to have in there, I'm being very strategic. Um, they're going to be very special, near and dear to my heart as well. So please check out the website, bellamelboutique.com and check the Instagram page, Bella Mel Boutique. And I can't wait for you guys to see it.